Sandy Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Teaching and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? Well, I actually really enjoyed I don't care. I really enjoyed the fact that we just flicked each other off exactly simultaneously <laughs> with nonverbal communication during the intro. We're that we're that in sync. <laughs> yeah, completely. But no If uh, we were women, our periods would be in sync. That's probably true. There you go. Um but uh no, I, I would have to say I'm uh I, I, my mood today is completely disgusted with humanity, but uh, completely unsurprised simultaneously. <laughs> you know, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, let's open the show notes here. I'm a little behind the curve. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, before we uh, dig too much deep into it, what's going on in your world, man? What's uh, what's uh, interesting in, in your life this week? Um. So I ended up doing that interview for All the, right. uh, for the. Uh, you're going to talk about that? I didn't think you were going to talk I mean, about well, that. I mean, I'll leave it in generalities. It's funny though that the interview I ended up getting was not the interview I was actually looking for. It was for a different company. Can, can I can I give the general field yeah. that you would be yeah, working? Yeah, yeah. Alex is basically going to be a undertaker. <laughs> I guess one one process of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's possible. It's possible. It pays a lot of money. Yeah, so he, he's going to be uh, uh, or, or hoping to be uh, transporting dead bodies. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So so we'll see what happens. Which but the, I tell you, man, it's it's that's going to end up being traumatic as hell. Yeah, dramatic, traumatic, trauma. oh, traumatic. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see some shit that you don't want to see. I can guarantee it. Hey, you know, there's a whole lot of shit I don't want to and see that I'm worse, seeing right now anyway. You're going to smell some things that you don't want to smell. Well, no, that's true, too. So I'll definitely have to have, like, a, I don't know, what you whatever you put under your nose to not Vicks. smell it. Vicks. Vicks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, uh, did some work for a uh, crematorium and, and morgue and stuff like that. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's interesting work. But, uh, yeah, you will see some some very, very messed up stuff. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that works out well for you. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, depending on where you're at, like, luckily I'm not trying to do that over in Israel right now. So, yeah. Hey, I damn near got hit by a tornado this week. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I heard about, <laughs> hold on. You tell your part first and then I'll tell my part. Uh, well, it's just basically there was a, a tornado that went through Dunedin across the causeway. Uh, hit uh, the, the one of the condos it took out and it just really crazy it's it it took out this end unit of a condo the top floor it's like a three-story condo building mm-hmm. and it took out the top floor and i happened to know the person who owned that unit and took a wall out took the roof completely up off and the really interesting thing is it didn't disturb any of the contents inside there in fact like they had a bar right there with like uh, bottles of of wine and scotch on it and wine glasses hanging you know from a you know how you hang Mm -hmm. wine glasses upside down like a bar cart 
And it's sitting there in the middle of the room where this wall was taken down and the roof was taken off and everything's sitting there completely pristine. That's crazy. It, it, it's insane. Um, and then nature's yeah, amazing. So the tornado went through a mobile home park, tore off a bunch of stuff, went right like four houses down from my son's house and uh, ended up putting a carport wedged underneath my brother-in-law's truck <laughs> you know, so we didn't get any like we all live within like a half mile radius of each other mm-hmm. so we all live real close together um but yeah we didn't get anything directly but it was uh, uh pretty uh pretty nasty you know yeah so i guess at one one something in the morning my grandmother called my mother right and so my mother woke kelly up and then kelly messaged me and she's right. like hey this is where the the, the tornado warnings are at which was literally well, there was another one in, in your in, in, in up in Newport Trinity. Ricci. Yeah. Yeah. So. Up by Trinity. Okay. And so I was traveling. I am getting a late start that night anyway. Right. So I'm traveling south on Little Road, getting ready to hit 54 right through Trinity. Right. And she tells me this. And I look around and I'm like, well, there's not a lot of traffic on the road. I'm not going to change. I'm not changing course. I'm right. just going to drive. I'm just going to keep driving. <laughs> right. And I didn't see anything. Like, there was no problems or anything. So I was just You're like, going full on Storm Chaser, weren't you? I wasn't going Storm Chaser, but I'm not going to be Storm Avoider either. Like, right. Mas- screw you. I'm in a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's magic somehow. Somehow. Somehow it was magic. Yeah. But I just, I was like, Kelly told me that, and I almost didn't even want to tell her that I'm like, I'm not changing course. It, actually, that's one of the few cards you can probably outrun a tornado in. Maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least go some pick, pick up, get up and go. Right. But again, I don't want to I, I don't want to belabor over the, the 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 non big stories. I'd rather just get into the biggest story of the week so far. Oh, what's that? I hadn't heard anything. Something, <laughs> something going on this week. Yeah, there's something going on this week. Look, we talked about it initially on Saturday. When yeah, we first, it started happening Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah you know, it started it, happening our time overnight Saturday. But essentially, which is yeah. which is what's going on in Israel right now. Yeah. Let me just let blanket it and say. What's going on in Israel right now? Okay. Now, before we get in, and, and Adrian wrote on this, uh, he put a nuanced take on the Israel-Palestine war. Yeah, I, I think we need to have a, a real in-depth discussion on a, a lot of things surrounding this, because there, there's so much to discuss on it. So. Yes. Now, hold on. I do want to say one thing right now, right off the bat. First off, I don't, for the longest time, I haven't really had a dog in the hunt a dog in the fight on the, on the Israel thing. Right. When I ran for office, I tended to avoid the issue anyway. Right. Um, it never got, it was one of those things where you didn't talk about almost as much as you didn't talk about like abortion. Right. Like it was, those were two issues where my general statement when it came to, to foreign policy was we should cut off like the government, the federal government shouldn't give any money to anybody. Right. Especially when it came to like military aid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing. But, Today and this week has been like, you know what, I, I would like to get into this discussion. So when you wrote it up, I was like, exactly. Let's yeah. talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it needs to be discussed. But in discussing it, I want to make a couple caveats. Okay. One, I am not from that area. I have I have been to the area. It was in the 90s. It was a long, long time ago. Right. So my information is based off of what I can gleam to understand, not that I'm there. Right. The second thing is, is that no matter what I say, I actually don't want the federal government. I don't want the U.S. government involved anyway. Right. So anything that I talk about, I don't want the. I don't want our government involved. Right. Um, the third thing is, is that there's two. In my opinion, there are two separate conversations to be had. The first one is what happened last week, mm-hmm. and the second one is overall what do you, you know? Where what the problem over there is and what the solution is over there. Right. So 
in my opinion, they're two separate things. Right. You can't conflate one with the other. Right. So I don't know if you want to start or you want me to start. Uh, well, you know what? I'd like to take a, a step back, and I, I think we need to start with the history of the region, which I, I think, you know, everybody talks about, you know, oh, well, this has been going on forever, but I think you really need to understand the history of, of this part of the world. Um, and, you know, it's this is this is the land of, of my people, okay? Um, so this is, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, a deep historical context into— Hold on, what do you mean? Well, my people once, you know, owned and occupied this land. Um, Who are your people? Uh, the British, uh, the Romans, you know, because I'm Italian and English and Scottish and Irish and, you know. Basically, my point is, is that everybody in human history, uh, this land can probably be legitimately claimed by a third of the population of Earth. Okay, so you have to understand, and and, and that's I was being facetious there, but I, I'm not really. You have to understand that this area has been in conflict continuously for roughly five thousand years. Started off with the Canaanites, okay, um, which were basically a loose confederation of semi-nomadic tribes, uh, and they were okay. The first time that they were conquered, they were conquered by the Israelites. Okay, and if you believe the Old Testament um, or the Torah, uh, that was because the Israelites were, uh, you know, left Egypt. Uh, ironically, because uh, the uh, Hebrew God uh, killed a bunch of Egyptian babies. Okay, um, during uh, you know the uh, the seven plagues on Egypt, uh, which finally convinced Pharaoh to let the Egyptians or the uh, Israelis uh, flee from sa- slavery. Uh, but, you know, so it, it's interesting to go back to that. And that was roughly, uh, you know, 3,000 years ago in, the, in that, well, about 2,500 years ago. That's when that happened. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, King David conquers. Uh, then the Assyrians came. Then the Babylonians came. Then the Persians came. Then the Greeks came. Uh, then, you know, uh, various different groups uh, came. Uh, then the Romans came. Uh, and then, you know, the Romans crucified uh, Christ uh, uh, around, uh, you know, 30, uh, <laughs> year 30. Uh, then, uh, you know, the Romans were fighting for it. The Persians came again. The Byzantines came. Uh, then came the Muslims. They took it over. And then the Christians out of Europe came and took it over. And then the Muslims took it over again. And then the Christians took it over again. And then the Turks decided they'd get involved. And the Ottoman Emperor, Empire took it over. Uh, and then, of course, World War I happened and the British took it over. And then World War II happened and they gave it to Israel. Okay. So my point is, is that... There are so many different people that can claim this land, okay? So many. Oh, I forgot the Egyptians. The Egyptians got in there a couple times, too, you know. So uh, so literally that whole section of the planet, you know, from Europe to North Africa to West Asia, essentially all have some type of claim because they at some point ruled over it. At some time they possess that land. So you have to put it in that historical context. This chunk of land, for whatever reason, is the most contested piece of land in human history. Okay? I think we can all agree on that. And, and it's just never, ever, ever changed. And peace 
is pretty much impossible there. And that's why, and this is going to sound absolutely horrible, it's going to sound like the most callous thing that anyone could ever say, but at this point in time, if there is ever going to be peace in this region, one side needs to win definitively. And frankly, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, I honestly, again, I have no dog in this fight. Um, you know, I, I, whichever, you know, whether it's the, the, the uh, Palestinian Arabs, uh, you know, whether it's the, uh, the Isra- uh, Israelis, uh, you know, the bottom line is you've got two groups of people that are fighting over the same land that have gotten to the point where they each view the other as animals. There is absolutely no way to make peace under that situation. They want the same land, and they don't even view the the other side as human beings, for the most part. Again, that's I would say that's the majority sentiment between the Palestinians and the broader Arab world and the Israeli Jews. You know, there's just, they cannot get along. Now, we have to see what's happened in the past couple of weeks. Now, Israel absolutely knew this was going to happen. Maybe not the exact details of it, but they knew something big was coming. They knew it because the U.S. told them. Egypt told them. Okay, Even Egypt, who was kind of like a... You know, a frenemy, you know, they're, they're kind of a neutral party involved. Even Egyptian intelligence got on the phone to Hamas and said, hey, guys, are, are you seeing what we're seeing here? Not Hamas. They, to, or, I'm to, sorry, to, 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 to Mossad uh, and said, hey, are you seeing what's going on with Hamas here? Um, and they're like, ah, yeah, no, no big deal. You know, the U.S. gets on the phone to Mossad and says, hey, are you seeing what's going on? You know, something big is coming. You guys better prepare. And they didn't. And that makes me wonder if this was something that they they wanted to come to a head. You know, and again, that's a very callous position. But if you're looking at it from a, a strategic perspective, uh, from the Israeli standpoint, it, Israel since 1948 has been gaining territory, gaining territory, gaining territory. Uh, Gaza for a very long time has essentially been a prison colony okay the west bank uh is an area where essentially the palestinians are being slowly driven out by resettlement okay whereas gaza they just fenced off and said nope we're closing you off you know you you're just a essentially it's it's a prison colony you know um and uh you know so you've got these two areas where they're taking completely different approaches so now with Hamas in control of Gaza and uh, doing these, you know, this, and again, Hamas, bunch of barbarians, you know, no value on human life whatsoever. However, the Israelis now, their objective is really, at this point from the Israelis' perspective, this is a real estate transaction. This is gentrification through violence. You know, their goal is to push everybody all the palestinians out of gaza and right now they're doing it in such a way where they're forcing all those palestinians into egypt okay there's nowhere else for them to go you know well egypt won't take them though they will they'll have no choice okay because they are literally going to drive 
the Palestinians out of Gaza like herding cattle, you know, and they're just going to overwhelm the Egyptian border. And unless the Egyptians start wholesale massacring Palestinians, which they're not going to do, um, they're going to have to take all these refugees. So there's going to be two million people who flood into Egypt, causing a massive humanitarian crisis, which the U.S. and the U.N. is going to send billions and billions of dollars to take care of. But from Israel's perspective, it solves their problem. And the added benefit of, is they've got a whole bunch more real, uh, you know, uh, waterfront real estate, you know, for uh, Israelis to uh, to settle into. Okay, so make no mistake that this is a absolute planned, uh, you know, essentially purge of Palestinians from Gaza. Okay, they've probably been wanting to do this and had plans in the work for a very long time. Now. Why would Israel do this? Well, the reason Israel did this is because Benjamin Netanyahu is all up on corruption charges. His government is, you know, taking so much heat for becoming a fascist, you know, essentially authoritarian regime. Uh, they've been trying to actually uh, strip the the Israeli courts of the power to um, uh, to be a check and balance uh, to the executive branch, essentially. So, you know, they're fighting to increase their power, become more authoritarian. At the same time, very unpopular. Uh, Netanyahu is in, in the midst of a bunch of scandals. So this is the perfect opportunity to unite his country, okay, and resolve some of the things. Now, let's look at it from Hamas's perspective. Now, Hamas is a bloodthirsty, barbaric terrorist organization, okay? And they've got the majority of the Palestinian people, you know, by the balls. You know, they're closed in this prison camp and Hamas is in charge and there's literally nothing they can do. Now, there's I'm sure there's a a good number of Palestinians who fully support Hamas. Okay, and are supportive of the attacks on Israel. But I think the vast majority are just like we're between a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. So. You know, you can't really blame the, the Palestinians in total, but there's no doubt that Hamas is absolutely brutal, bloodthirsty, you know. But then again, from their perspective, when you're fighting an asymmetrical war, you don't have any options. So it's completely predictable that Hamas would fight in this this way, you know. Um, so, you know, it, really everything just makes sense for what's happening, and the outcome is extremely predictable. Now, what becomes unpredictable and what becomes very dangerous for the United States, and, and really the United States at this point needs to stay the hell out of this entire situation. Because if we get involved, it escalates it to a, a point that is just, it could very well be Armageddon. You know, it could get to that point. We, we could see all kinds of prophecies being fulfilled here if, if the United States gets involved. But one of the key factors right now is what Hezbollah does in the north. OK, and Hezbollah, as we know, is completely backed by Iran, as is Hamas. But really, Hezbollah is Iran's baby. You know, they're completely controlled by Iran. So if Hezbollah does actually attempt to invade Israel from the north, uh, from Lebanon, uh, then it's the U.S. essentially is, is probably going to have to get involved because Israel 
is going to have, they can probably do it, but they're going to have a very difficult time fighting a two, potentially a three-front war if the West Bank rises up. Now, there's been some violence in the West Bank, too, but so far, it's been manageable, okay? But if the West Bank rises up, now you're talking about a three-front war, and I don't know if Israel can pull that off. And one thing that is absolutely certain, without question, the United States will not let Israel be conquered. Okay, And if, if you just take Joe Biden's words himself, and he said this in 1986 and reiterated it this week, he said, if Israel didn't exist, we'd have to invent one. Okay, And what that means is that all of the U.S.'s foreign policy in the entire region is absolutely, Israel is the linchpin for all of it. You know, they have to have an Israel. In addition to that, uh, you've got a lot of very wealthy Jews in this country who finance a lot of politicians that are going to absolutely ensure that the United States government supports uh, Israel. You've also got a lot of Christians in this country who, for whatever reason, believe that the, uh, the Israelis are God's literal chosen people. And that we have to defend them at all costs or, or, you know, Jesus is going to send us to hell or something, you know. Uh, so you've got that mindset. And honestly, if, if you're a group of people who tells the entire world that we are God's only chosen people and the rest of you he doesn't give a fuck about, you're going to piss a lot of parts of the world off. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I think that in general there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, hatred for the Jews worldwide. You know, because they're telling everyone they're their chosen people. But, you know, so the point is, is that if the U.S. does get involved and if if Hezbollah attacks from the north and there's problems in the West Bank, the U.S. will get involved. I mean, to the point of probably boots on the ground. If that happens, it changes the entire dynamic of the Middle East, because now you will have Arab nations and Persian Iran, Iran working together. Now, they have been in a conflict for a long time, a low-level conflict, but essentially they didn't like each other too much. The U.S. defending Israel, especially with boots on the ground, will unite the Arab and Persian world against Israel in the West. And it will be in just a, a, just a catastrophic war. And also that opens the door for China to invade Taiwan, which screws us economically because we'll have no semiconductors. But... Um, you know, so this is a such a volatile situation. And again, I the best case scenario for this, uh, and I, I I don't choose any sides. I, I see the the you know the the issues with both sides. Neither side is right here. Neither side is right. Uh, you know, ha- Hamas is a, a bunch of violent terrorists that are just the the scum of the earth. Um, and uh, Israel is essentially an occupying force that has turned uh, huge portions of, of the Middle East into, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, prison camp. And now they're trying to, you know, force migrate uh, millions of people out of their, their con- what they consider their country. And again, this is a territory that's been fought over by almost every civilization that has existed for the last 5,000 years in the region. So it's like... The bottom line is the best thing that could possibly happen would be for Israel 
<clears throat> to win a decisive victory, to purge Gaza of all Palestinians, to somehow keep Hezbollah from invading in the north and somehow keep the West Bank from erupting into to chaos. And, you know, everybody takes on the Palestinian ref- refugees and resettles them and we find them a new place to live, maybe somewhere on the Sinai, you know, uh, give Egypt the concessions to say, hey, you know, we, we got to do something with these people. You know, we got to help them out. We got to find a place for them. Um, and, and that's really the best case scenario. It, so ironically, for the most likely path to some long term peace in this region, and again, take all the the, you know, siding with any side at all, just a clearly objective, um, you know, path to peace is that Israel wins and wins decisively. And I think that a lot of people in the West, even who are in the same position as us, don't have a dog in the fight, you know, are acknowledging that too. And the only way to have peace is to to essentially drive the Palestinians out of Israel. You know, relocate them, find them a new territory, a new land, you know, make a new Palestine, and that's it. You know, it, it, because it can't, there can't be peace for any long period of time without that happening. So in a weird way, I hope that quickly and with as few, uh, as minimal loss of life as possible, Israel is re- able, able to relocate the Palestinians because a lot of innocent people are going to die on both sides. And right now, a lot more innocent Palestinians are going to die because Israel has finally got their shit together after allowing this attack which it appears like so i I think the best path to the minimal number of human casualties and the best best path to at least a relatively long-term peace in the region is for israel to actually drive all the palestinians out and we we find the palestinians a new place and again i'm not saying that because i have any political agenda it's just the most logical outcome uh, for this to happen. But if it doesn't work out that way and the Arab world decides, no, it's time to go to war with Israel, it's going to lead potentially to World War III. I, I, there's very few, or it, it, the bare minimum, it's going to lead to a level of death and destruction that we probably haven't seen on a mass scale since World War II. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's those are really the best case scenarios. So f- from a purely logical standpoint, you almost have to root for Israel in this case and just kind of hope that they can do it in such a way with the, the absolute minimal loss of life as possible. But thousands of people are going to die no matter how you slice it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's my take. That's Go your, ahead. You with got yours. your take. Okay. Yeah. First off, let me, a couple things about your take. Okay. The first one is somebody's got to win. It's got to be decisive. Totally agree with you on that one, actually, yeah. by the way. The other thing is this. And again, let me, again, let me start at where... I actually think, like I said, there's two separate arguments. You started with the history argument first. Right. I'm going to start with the current, the current thing first, and then move into the history part of it. Okay. Because I think that you don't, you have to acknowledge what just happened, which you did, but then you didn't really. You did, but you didn't, because in all reality, you're blaming Israel for what happened. No, 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 no. Hold no, on, no. hold on, hold on. Well, I let you talk, and I didn't interrupt. I know, but just let me clarify that point. I'm saying that Israel probably knew something was going to happen. 
and they said, let's see how it plays out. Okay. Okay. Hamas is absolutely to blame for I'm gonna, the Israeli I am gonna. I am going to say that there was definitely, inte- there's definitely intelligence failures. You cannot say that there wasn't, and there was probably some ignoring of it as well. But even acknowledging any of that right now takes away the fact that Hamas, the organization itself, came over the border with a specific goal, and that specific goal was to kill as many civilians and to capture as many civilians as they could and bring them back over as hostages back into the Gaza Strip. Agreed. And did it in such a way that it almost doesn't matter what your complaint is. You have almost nullified your complaint for the current situation. It ha- Again, it has to be addressed after the fact. But after the fact is after, the, after Hamas and all those people that Israel goes in and wipes them the fuck out. Right. Not wipes out all the Palestinians, but Hamas, the organization itself, that you cut the head off of that thing. Right. Now, again, there is a lot of arguments that go back and forth either way about uh, if Hamas was allowed to maintain power or whatever. They were elected a long time ago. Right. And probably not through a, a, a really good democratic process. But there's a lot of people in Palestine or in the Gaza Strip that agree with Hamas. Yeah. So, but the first thing, let's see, again, I want to get back to this the, the thing. What Hamas did in going through Israel and doing what they did was horrible. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Agreed. And with that being said, all of the people now around the world that aren't acknowledging that or that just blanket over it and say, well, there needs to be peace on both sides, but we support Hamas. Or if you take a meme of the, the, the guy on the paraglider coming in, then in all reality, you're kind of showing your skirt. You're, you're showing your slip a little bit on this one. And the slip you're showing is, is that you really don't want it. You don't care that these people killed innocent civilians in Israel. Right. So, in this, and again, there's a lot of different new. I've I've listened to, and I, we talked about it a little bit a little bit before, but this isn't a well. The other side's bad too. You have to acknowledge what they did was wrong, and that those people that did this should be held to account for it. Oh, without question. Yeah, uh, Hamas needs to be wiped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but here's the, and this is the one thing, and this is why I say it's two separate arguments. Is you can't wrap this part up with all the past stuff just yet until you take care of this. And the reason I say that is they still have hostages, right? They're still shooting rockets over there. Like they're still acting in a very bad way. And in this aspect, I would argue that Israel is defending itself. Yeah. I mean, Israel was attacked. Israel has a right to defend itself. Uh, the attacks. And at this point, Israel has, and, and yeah. again, Israel has a right to go in and route out Hamas. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not saying that at all. I, and I'm not going to give them. You. And it, here's yeah. the thing. And if and it, it goes into like, it, and it goes into them going into the Gaza Strip right now. Is that Israel is 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 telegraphing what it's doing, and it's telegraphing what it's doing in order to minimize civilian casualties over there. Well, it could also be argued it's telegraphing what it's doing in order to minimize the global backlash which will come from you got to remember they are just raising neighborhoods right now okay and oh hold on which is where 
hold on. Hamas is. Right. Hold on. They're raising neighborhoods where Hamas hides behind civilians in order to keep its military infrastructure around. Right. And that will tell the people that are in those buildings to stay put, to not move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So who do you blame for this one? Grant, I'm with you, man. I said Hamas is a bunch of bloodthirsty barbarians that need to be eradicated from the planet. But okay, if you, I agree with but, that. But, and again, though, but who do you blame if, if Israel has to bomb that building where the mili- where in order to defend itself right. to go after the people that were going after them? I'm not blaming anyone. What I'm saying is the world is going to get tired of that very quickly. That's true. And there will be a backlash against that. Look, again, I have no, absolutely zero dog in this fight. I'm just sp- stating the reality of how this is going to play out. No, no, no I got yeah. you. I got you. So, Which I, don't get me wrong. I let you give your whole thing out. I know. And I'm being interrupted while I'm giving mine. Well, you were asking me. Well, I guess I am a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you asked I am me a little questions. Bit, I, was looking, I was looking for a little bit. Yeah, right. I guess I was looking for a little bit. Okay. So I think, and I support now, right now, this very at this time, Israel to go in and route out Hamas. Yeah. Now, why, now, now we can get back into the past a little bit. What has been the problem between it? Is that you have two sides, like you said. And this is where I'll give Israel a little bit more credit than you gave it during the during your, your part of it. Hamas's stated goal is the elimination of Israel. Right. So I don't know how you can actually come to the table and come to an agreement with an organization that calls for your elimination. You can't. It also inside of Israel, there are Arabs and Muslims that live in Israel. Right. That have free roaming that can go around their political parties in Israel that are Arab parties in Israel. Don't right. get me wrong, they want to be able to maintain a majority um Israel right. population. But there are a good number of Arab Israelis. But twenty percent. Yeah. Like I think the number's twenty percent. So you and and also inside of Hamas or inside of the Gaza Strip, there has been hundreds of millions of dollars in aid that has gone to those places. And to give you one instance, and there was an article I actually read it, I looked it up to make sure it was accurate, is that th- there was humanitarian efforts to donate the pipes to fix the water problem in Gaza. Hamas used the pipes. To make missiles. Okay. If you're going to take the pipes that were going to be used in order to give your people port, you know, drinking like water that was able to be drank, that wasn't potable, potable water. And instead of actually putting that in and changing those for missiles to throw at a country that's got an iron freaking dome that most of them will actually get knocked out of the air. Like, to be so ineffective anyway at actually accomplishing your goal. Right. You don't give one crap about the people that you claim to be supporting. Or no. they, like yeah. You don't give a crap about the people that are in Palestine or in, in, in the Gaza Strip. You don't care about them. You want them. You actually want them to die. Well, they strap bombs to people to say, go blow yourself up. I yeah. mean, and that's, it, they well, don't have a real high value on human life. Here's the thing. You're abs- they have no value on human life. Right. That's the thing. And this is the difference between our mentality right. and their mentality. Right. And sometimes, especially in the media apparatus as it is right now, and I'm not, I'm not attributing this to you per se, but I'm just making the overall point is that 
I don't know how you actually will negotiate with people that don't believe in the value of human life the way that we in the West believe in the value of human life. You can't. That's why I said there absolutely needs to be a victor here, one way or another. And and, uh, here's the thing. Ultimately, the point that you're making, I completely agree with, by the way, is that there, there needs to be some kind of a victor here. Right. But also, there needs to be a question that's answered. For each person, and, and when, if I, when I get into debates on some of this stuff, I'm actually going to start asking this question. Do you believe that Israel has the right to exist? Like, do you believe that Israel as the country has a right to exist? I, I don't believe in nations, so that's kind of a weird question for me. But I believe that all the individuals, the Israelis and the Palestinians, have a right to exist. Okay, fair so, enough. Yeah, I, you're asking an anarchist whether a country has a right to exist. Let, I let's mean, just say you like, still believed in borders and countries and things like that. Uh, that's, Do you, a, that's a hard take. Well, I know that's a hard <laughs> take. But should they exist? I guess but the question is, should they exist? And I think this is where I run into the problem with a lot of people in the media and a lot of people that are taking the Palestinian, that are taking up the Palestinian plight. Right. That are, that are saying that this is an open-air prison. Like, that's the one thing. Oh, it is. Oh, hold on. But why is it an open-air prison, though? Because that's if the they thing. didn't border it off, Hamas would be killing more Israelis all the time. It's a, it's Again. a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. And look, it is what... It, here's the thing. Though, hold on. And this is the point I want to make, though. It is what it is, but there are too many conversations that are going on right now that simply blame Israel for it right. and don't take into account the responsibility that Hamas and that the Palestinian people in that area are should take some blame for why it, look if they said we're going to come to the table and come to a, a peace process right. and come to and come to the table and figure out a way to make this work then it would be made to make it work right like they'll say well Israel doesn't want to come to the table the other side says well Hamas doesn't want to come to the table i actually think it's more Hamas not wanting to come to the table because every time that there's a peace process going on somewhere else which this is one of the triggers for it as well for for the current thing that happened one of the triggers is is that israel and saudi arabia were coming together to find a way to broker a peace agreement and those peace agreements would recognize that israel has the right to exist and if there's one thing hamas doesn't want it's for other arab countries to say that israel has a right to exist that is true that that's a very good point and that could be part of the reason for why this is happening now And it's funny because you think the Arabs would have figured out by now that the worst thing you can do is if you want more land for Palestinians, the worst thing you can do is attack Israel. Because every time Arabs have attacked Israel, Israel ends up with more territory. Well, <laughs> the yeah. Palestinians end up with less. Well, hold on, because here's the thing too. If you again, there's there's a meme going around where it'll show like what the what the the like what the 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 borders look like. The 1948 borders yeah, yeah. compared to each to, after each war. Well, that's the thing. Hold yeah. on, that's the thing. What they don't talk about is there was a war that happened right. that caused that to happen. Yeah, that, that without the war, that wouldn't have happened. The honestly. The, the the Arabs are slow learners. Stop attacking Israel if you want to maintain well, no, any land it's whatsoever. Not it's not that they're slow learners. It's that they don't. They look from the was it from the from the mountains to the sea. Whatever will be free. I don't know that, but it's it's a it's a it's a Hamas or Hezbollah or the Arabs are, are right. You know, um, from the from the yeah. But you you'd think they'd learn their lesson by now and cut their losses. You know, because every time they start a war with Israel, that, that's they lose a we- more and more that's territory. taking a Western mentality to people that don't share our values. Mm. Yeah, I, I, perhaps. 
Perhaps. Look, there definitely is a cultural element between the East and West. Yeah. There definitely is. Yeah. I think that we, on this side, and again, we haven't done it by some of our actions. Again, there's no good guys or bad guys in a lot of this stuff. There is definitely nuance in all of these things. Right. But part of it is what do you do moving forward? And again, I think Israel has an opportunity here. If you just simply go grab them, you know, go grab the hostages that you have and just take out a Hamas and then move the fuck back. Yeah. That, that would be the best thing that you could do. I, now, will they do that? I don't know if they're going to do that. No, is there not. is there is there an element to when you're taught what you're talking about of like these guys are taking territory and taking territory and they ultimately want the Palestinians out of there. Yeah. Part of me would say that the fact that there's 20 percent of Muslims in Israel mm-hmm. kind of takes that argument away from you, in my opinion. Like, it's not that they don't want Palestinians at all. It's that they want people that aren't trying to kill them. Well, yes, yes, and that is true. And I think that the Israelis would be, not today, but maybe down the road, open to accepting some of these Palestinians back as Israeli citizens, okay? Um, the ones who wanted it. But there's there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Israel's objective right now, and again, they were attacked, their people are getting slaughtered, and they've got a group of people that want to eliminate them. So I'm not saying that they're wrong in what they're doing. I'm not assigning blame here. I'm just doing an objective analysis of what Israel is probably going to do and what their motivations probably are. Um, And what their motivation is at this point, I believe, is they want to completely drive all they want to kill all hamas okay and drive as many palestinians out of gaza as they can and they want to push them into egypt egypt doesn't want to take these refugees but they're not going to have a choice because they've got nowhere else to go either they drive them into the sea they let them into israel neither of those two things are likely to happen or they push them through the southern border into egypt and that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have uh, over a million refugees going into uh, Egypt. Uh, everyone who, you know, and then Israel is going to take control of Gaza. And as long as Hezbollah stays put, and as long as the West Bank doesn't blow up, and as long as Iran doesn't get involved or any other the Arab states get involved, um, that's going to be the outcome. And that's probably the, the, the best outcome for, for peace is for, you know, basically Israel to take over Gaza, drive all the Palestinians out, and then we figure out what to do with the Palestinians, which, you know, look, Egypt doesn't use much of the Sinai. They could easily, you know, uh, set up a, a territory there for the Palestinians to resettle. I don't know if they'd want to give up the land or if they'd want to integrate them into, you know, the Egyptian uh, citizenship or anything like that it's it's going to be a real refugee problem but there's no doubt in my mind that's uh that's israel's objective and they have to do it quickly because as soon as the world realizes that that's their objective the world is going to start to t- uh, turn against them and they're going to be under a huge amount of political pressure uh from the un uh, from various nations you know Europe, well, I think the that pressure campaign has already started. It's already started. Here's a, here's the really interesting thing right now that's that's going on in the media is first of all the media narrative, and this is across all the news networks. I mean, 
Fox, CNN, and MSNBC are all on this same page. You have to support Israel. And if you don't, you're an anti-Semite. Okay? I, I mean, that is... That is pretty much across the board, the mainstream media message. This is being pushed very heavily. That's the narrative right okay, now. Let me, I mean, to the point, the point where MSNBC actually took several Muslim newscasters off the air temporarily. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it's, it's like there's no doubt about it that the, the, uh, the propaganda machine is fully on. We have to support Israel. Okay, now, and it's, and from, from America's interests, that is the best thing to do. Okay, let me say this first off. Let me just make this one statement though. Right now, if at this time you're not willing to call out the massive atrocities that right. Hamas did, you are anti-Semitic. I, I, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, if if you're not. Saying that Hamas is it's just a, a, a terrorist like organization. If, if you start you know, videotaping yourself shooting up people at a fucking music festival, right, right, and you're acknowledging, well, that's great, and we have to support them. Oh yeah, then you're anti-Semitic. Like yeah. again, you you've you've going again, into the, villages. The slip is shown and intentionally killing women and children. And again, I'm not going to argue over the beheading of the babies or not because probably it didn't happen. There really isn't any proof for that. But if you're if you're hanging it your hat on. Me. It wouldn't, yeah, but if you're hanging least. your hat on, well, the media is lying because, you know, it said that they right, killed babies and they didn't actually do that. And there's no proof. And Biden is a liar for saying it. There's, Again, there's no doubt that they intentionally slaughtered civilians and they intentionally, intentionally. killed babies. Yeah. Whether right. they cut their head off or not is not yeah. not really the fucking point. Right. Yeah. The point is, if you're not willing to call that out first and foremost, right. without 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 well, we can get into the other stuff, which I would agree with you on. Yeah. Which a lot of that I would agree with you on, but there is some nuance even to that that you're not acknowledging, and it really does come down to the one, the one question you have to answer for yourself, right? And not for yourself, but I'm saying is that the, the person making the argument has to say, do you think that Israel as a country should exist? And if the answer is no, then you are supporting them getting wiped out. Yeah. Well, it, again, you can't ask me that question because I'm not asking. I don't you that think question. the United States of America should exist. No, but you the, see what I'm saying? No, so, no, no, no. But the one thing that you would acknowledge is the people that are living there right now. Everybody have every there right to, has, has the right, right to, to exist. And yeah. it's it's so fucked up that we just can't <laughs> we can't live with each other. Yeah. You know, it, it's honestly the older I get, the less all this makes sense to me. It's like, oh no, I'd agree with you there. Why? Why? And again, this sounds naive, and this sounds like a you know a ten year old, you know. But it, it, or Rodney King, or Rodney King, yeah. <laughs> but it really just blows my mind that we can't stop this and just say, you know, okay, I live here, you live there. What, what's the problem? You know, on a small scale, it works out very well. Right. But as soon as you have men with power yeah. that want to control territory, it's when it doesn't work. And the thing exactly about it is, why this, I'm an is that both sides here are powerful people that want to maintain territory and right. they utilize the citizenry of all these, which is, again, this is an argument for anarchism, but it, it is one of the reasons why it's not working because we are made to go after one another. Right. Like both sides here are made to dehumanize the other side. 
And that's in order to say that you sh- you should be fine with going into a music festival and killing a bunch of fucking people, right? Because you know what? They're not really humans anyway. And then the other side says, "See what they just did to us? These people aren't humans, exactly. so we need to bomb the shit out of them right. in order to make sure that they don't do it to us again." So they get to they get to take a defensive posture in doing an offensive thing. And everybody who is in power and in control and controlling the conversation is forcing you to choose a side yeah you know what i'm saying which don't get me wrong you have to choose a side no i I don't i think right now i think right now that israel is justified in going after hamas just like america was justified in going after al-qaeda after 9-11 yeah but also uh you know we we took advantage of the situation and ended up doing a bunch of other shit that we should have never done exactly got our asses kicked in the long run (laughs) <laughs> you know. I mean, we just left at a certain point. Well, because we left them with a bunch of. I homes. would say the Taliban beat us. Well, they well, we could never beat them, right? Yeah, so stalemate, and and we left. So yeah, that basically what happened. But uh, the, the point is, is is that, um, boy, I I, I just bottom line from a, a you know a, a self preservation and a, a selfish perspective, I just hope the United States can stay the hell out of this. You know, they're not gonna. I I just, I, I I mean, they're not gonna. Well, they're setting up the narrative like that, but I I mean, that we're staying out of it. No, no, no. They're setting up the narrative that we're. Oh, we put it. We got a carrier group sitting right off the coast right now, just waiting. Now, I do think that you could, if you okay, let's let's give the U.S. the benefit of the doubt here, and the the peace through strength thing. I think by putting the by putting the carrier group off the coast, it is a deterrent for any of these other people to get involved. And I'm hoping that was the policy, that that was just a deterrent to let Iran know that we're not going to let Hezbollah attack from Lebanon. I I really think that's what it was. And they've actually made the threat that the United States could actually uh, launch airstrikes against Hezbollah if they invade Israel. And I think maybe that's enough to keep them out, but I don't know. Really, it depends... And look, this all hinges, everything hinges upon Israel clearing Gaza quickly. And I mean within a couple of weeks, because this goodwill that Israel currently has is only going to last until a whole bunch of dead Palestinian babies start showing up on, on television. Yeah, you know, which don't get me wrong, it's Hezbollah, but Hezbollah is trying to ensure that that happens oh, by course. making sure that the people stay where they're at. Hamas, you mean? But yeah, or Hamas, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, exactly. That's what Hamas wants, and they don't give a shit. You know, hey, let's let, let, hey, grab those dead babies. Let's put them on TV now. You know, after now, the other thing that needs also to happen is, and again, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. After that, this whole thing is said and done. There definitely needs to be an investigation into the intelligence community, into what actually happened when it came to the, the, the setting up of this, because, you know, we've gotten reports now that they were warned by America and that they were warned by Egypt. Right. In Israel, heads need to roll. Yeah. And I don't mean literally heads need to roll. I, I, it's probably a bad analogy <laughs> at this point. Yeah, <laughs> but but people need to be replaced inside of Look, the government. Netanyahu, if they me- if they mess this up this bad, and it includes Netanyahu. Bibi knew this was coming, and he let it happen because he was about to lose power. 
Um, and you know he was he wants to push forward this this well because what's fascist the, uh, but, uh, well, what plan was, now again look I'm not going to get into what was the right or wrong policy when it comes to the judicial thing because I've listened to enough of the of the argument of what the judiciary was allowed to do and it seemed like that they were allowed to do way too much like the Israel Parliament could pass something right and that they could get rid of it. By just saying that they don't like it, basically. Well, no, it was because it was improper, because the court ruled that was an improper role of government, kind of like uh, when the U.S. Supreme Court yeah, strikes but, down but, a law that is unconstitutional. But, oh, well, there's a big difference between something being unconstitutional and not liking it, though. Uh, I, and the, you're the Israeli, hairs, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. The Israeli, the Israeli uh, judicial system was, again, what they were trying to stop was if parliament passed something and it wasn't against over it wasn't like it wasn't against they don't have a constitution they have something else right and again it's one of those things where like look i don't like the way that the israeli government is set up either way nor how they treat their people it is much more of a socialist or fascist whichever word you want to use it's much more of an authoritarian government than america's government right for sure yeah like there's no getting around that and it seemed to be going more and more that direction so i've got no love for the israeli government yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, here's the thing. I don't again. But I, by the same token, that doesn't mean I support Hamas. Those are fucking bloodthirsty terrorists. You know, evil human beings. Yeah. You know, like so, again, their stated goal is the elimination of Israel. And right. Look, when you're chanting "death to Israel, death to America," it doesn't really kind of mean like I want to, I want to, uh, I want to compromise with you. Right. Like right. I don't think that those two things are, are 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 happening at the same time. But you also have to acknowledge that. Probably the unspoken goal is for Israel to expand its territory into the areas that are currently considered Palestinian territories. Okay, and they're able. They to- don't necessarily want to eradicate the Palestinian people, but they do want to take and control that territory and have it resettled with predominantly Israelis. Okay, okay, that's what they've been doing I'm- in the West Bank for a long time. But yeah, but that's a, on the scale of evil. That's way, way, way less than and I would know, ar- and I would argue that there's some justi- but here's the thing though. I would argue that based off of the actions over the time of them having to defend themselves from being attacked, right. that this is justified. Yeah, I mean that that's what I was saying earlier. It's like every time the Arabs start a war with Israel, uh, they lose more and more territory. Yeah, and like they should stop doing again. that. <laughs> you would think, but I guess they they're should, slow they learners. should stop. But but again, unless your stated goal is the elimination of Israel, right? Right, which, which it is again. It's their stated. Maybe don't vote for those guys. Right, and it's also the stated goal of Iran. I yes, mean, Iran oh, has threatened repeatedly to wipe Israel off the map. Yep, you know they have. So, so how do you negotiate with that? You can't. You can't. So you you have to you have to fight again. Yep. I think that there is a clash of civiliza- civilizations going on, and I got to tell you, look, and it's look. I got to tell you, I've which I, is why I, I have said, mainly stayed. I have mainly kind of. It's been one neutral. of these people where I'm staying neutral, and my yeah. neutrality right now is not there as much as it used to be. Like my neutrality right now is not there. Like I'm like I'm not going to get mad at Israel if they go after Hamas. Like I'm not, I ain't mad at you at all. I ain't even mad at you at all. Yeah, you got to go I wipe mean, those motherfuckers out. You got to wipe the motherfuckers out. I, I don't think you should be able. I don't. I don't want you to wipe out. Like I want you to not kill as many civilians as possible. Right. But considering what the other side's doing when it comes to putting civilians in the way. I don't think that that should stop you either. 
Well, again, I I take a little more nuanced approach to that. And like I said, it's just I look at it more as opposed to what I want to happen to uh, more like what is most likely to happen and what needs to happen for long term peace. And like I said, from the get go, uh, what needs somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win this fight. It's been going on for 5000 years. Somebody needs to win and win definitively and put an end to all this. And that's most likely going to be Israel. You know, and if here's here's the thing, uh, like I said, if it stays just this conflict with Hamas, the situation's not going to be resolved. Hamas or, or Israel's going to take more territory. They're going to take at least the north uh, part of Gaza up to the, the Gaza River. Uh, they're going to take that. They may end up taking all of the Gaza Strip and driving everyone into to Egypt. But that still doesn't solve the problem because they still got Hezbollah to the north. They still got the West Bank to deal with. So it's almost as if (laughs) this needs to be a full-on war and just get it over with and and just defeat all these different terrorist organizations so completely that it's just a non-issue. And the Arab world says, you know what, we've we've tried for, you know, 75 years to displace Israel and we lose every time and we lose big. We're just going to stop doing it. We have to find a way to say, okay, this is your land, this is our land, and we're going to make peace, you know, or at least we're not going to fight anymore. And, and like I said, until there is a definitive outcome, that's never going to happen. It's it's always going to be this low-level asymmetric war that springs up every now and again. And it, so the catalyst is almost a good thing here, you know. Yeah, the other the uh, hold on, the other thing that I do want to make sure that I mention here, and again, this is just me. It's not me and not Adrian talking, but it is me talking. Around the country, around the world, there have been people that have been going out of their ways to support Hamas at this time frame. Yeah, I, and I you don't know see what you can. I can't even. Rem- not only can I not even remotely see it, I got to tell you, I am really judging you at this point for not being able to acknowledge the atrocities that just happened. You we again, we can have conversations about how, you know, if you if you think Israel has done some bad stuff and there needs to be a way to that they get peace done, I'm totally with you on that. But when you ag- basically ignore or give it one sentence of oh yeah, they did some bad stuff and not really get into like no, they hunted down civilians at a fucking music festival well, and videotaped it and were happy about it. Absolutely. It's just horrific. But I think what you have to separate is Hamas from the Palestinian people. Oh yeah, no, you actually okay. absolutely have because to do that. I can but see these you supporting were, the Palestinian on. people, but these but people not were putting out things that were in support of Hamas. No, fuck Hamas. You know, if uh, you're coming evil. out in support of that, seriously, fuck you. Right, I agree with that. But and I, that's I think, not even to say that. Look, I ain't wearing blue and white today. No, no. Like I, but but at the same time, fuck you. Right. Right. Because you don't understand the fucking problem, or you, or you, or you are not admitting what your real goal and motive is, and you're showing yourself that to be, be anti-Semitic. And, and again, a, a lot of the people saying that, I and think, if somebody has been accused of being anti-Semitic in the past, it pisses me off because I'm not. I I, I think that, uh, especially some of the, like the young liberals at Harvard, for example, yeah. are conflating support for the Palestinian people and their right to exist and have a you know their own state. With support from Hamas, because well, they, you're either they too, should be well, two separate things. And you know what? Honestly, you're too smart at fucking Harvard to not know the difference. So <laughs> right. I actually know where your where your loyalties lie. Yep. Well, and it ain't with fucking humanity and health. Well, folks, I, I hope you enjoyed that uh, uh, that in depth discussion. That's the only on, thing we talked about. That, now, uh, that was a whole hour. Yeah. 
If you'd and like to join us in hour number two, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We'll see you there. Yeah.